French Shipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is French Shipping! And the theme this week is... You are not the one. You're not the chosen one. What? Sorry. But I'm so special. You are special. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen. Who's sad? Raise your hand if you're sad. Me. Me too. Nobody can see this, but we're both raising our hands I'm raising both hands. I'm so sad I can't even raise any hands at all. Oh. I know. It's called... Depression, folks. <laughs> we have and it. And your humble narrators are suffering from it. You can't it's, tell. I'm, I'm laughing because I say this because right. what else can you do? No, you can do nothing else. Yeah. Well, and, they, and, and also, like, we just spent an hour in the studio giggling and taking notes together, which always makes us feel better. Me too. My mood is lifted. Uh, but if you were to look at my life over the past, like, seven days or so, it's like, oh, honey. Oh, <laughs> I gave myself on? a little, oh, honey, there. It's like, oh, wow, you've been playing 80 hours of The Sims. You've barreled, yeah. you've barreled through a lot of television. You haven't put on jeans in like six days. Oh, me neither. Yeah, like maybe, maybe just jeans. Not, what pants are you wearing? I am wearing jeans today. Are you wearing jeans yeah, today? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm still wearing sweatpants. But, yeah, nice. but you know, you're a professional. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm a professional. <laughs> we have what is known as SAD, which is short for Chuck's again, depression. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, another depression? <laughs> I like that one way better. Uh, I, uh, I I don't really understand. I, there's like a whole bunch of bullshit happening in my brain right now. But like I just uh, I'm just I'm just. I know. I, it's hard to describe because it's like. It's it, so much it, energy to describe yeah. how sad you are sometimes. Yeah. This is this is where my brain has been lately. Um, lay down to go to sleep. Take a little sleep aid because like there's. Otherwise, it just sleep yeah, doesn't happen. Of course. So uh, it takes about five seconds for me to go from uh, when does the new season of Project Runway come out to I wish I was closer to my brother. Oh, my God. I know. Jen. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> this is. And then I have to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, whoa. listen to what I'm doing to yeah. myself right oh, now. Oh, that was dark. That was an unnecessary thing I just put myself through. Yeah, I'm having. I, I'm trying. I don't want to talk too in depth about it because I know other people have the same kind of anxieties and stuff. So just general climate depression. Climate depression. Yeah. Climate depression is a new thing, a new and exciting way to be sad. Just how social media is a new and exciting way to feel fucking awkward. <laughs> it's like, oh god, poor millennials and Gen Z. We're just so... So medicated. Yeah. But, like, uh, I'm taking all of the pills that... Let me show you all my pills real quick, Jen. I'm just rummaging through all my stuff. Fully work. Look at all these pills. That's a lot of pills. And you're taking them on time. I'm taking them on time. I have them structured like this. I have a Metamucil for every pocket because good poops make you feel good, you know? And, in fact, Jen, I'm going to take some pills right now. Do it. Hey, everybody, did you take your pills today? Or did you take pills you weren't supposed to? Don't take the ones you're not supposed to. Take the ones that are good for you. Set a timer. Take them on time. Do as I say, not as I do. I take... Jen, let's talk about... Let's talk about pills. Let's talk about pills, Jen Bain. Let's talk about all my pills. I take flax oil because omega-3s are good for depressed depressed people. Depressed. 
I take the vitamin D. I take vitamin D too. We all take the D because the D is what you would normally get from the sunshine, but we don't have it anymore. What else is good to take when you've got depression? Exercise? Yeah, I've been running again. I was supposed to. hear the joy in my voice? (laughs) (laughs) I've been running again. Just my little slow yogs. Yeah, I have not because it's snowy. How do you handle? Oh, treadmill. Definitely treadmill. Oh, you do the treadmill. It's been very icy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go through just a few uh, hot tips on dealing with your depression while we're depressed because one, it may help us remember to do those things. Yeah, okay. So this is a big one for me and I never do it. But every time I, the rare time I do it, I feel better. Get up off the couch. Yeah. Take a shower. Yeah. Change clothes. Whoa. Even if you're changing into more sweatpants. Different pajamas. It's like a reset on your day. You got to do it. Day jamas. No, 100%. I agree with you. Especially for me, like I'm, uh, you know, if I don't really work out of an office all the time. So like I wear just a rotating set of day jamas. What else do we do? Um, I sometimes when I feel really sad, I especially in the winter, I try to be, obviously I'm a plant kind of person and I like them, but when I'm around my house plants, I feel like it tricks me into thinking it's springtime. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Especially because you have like good lights for your plants. I do. I have a couple of, of um, uh, like additional sunshine lights for them. Yeah. So that's good. Man, I definitely recommend making sure your apartment is lit in a cozy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you forget sometimes to turn lights on when it gets dark because it gets so dark in winter. Yep. IMO. Yep. yep so yep. early. What else is good? And then we'll, I guess we'll do an episode. I think do exercise and whatever exercise that means for you. If you walk for 10 minutes, that is exercise. Yes. Do yeah. it. I have a friend who's been playing um, dance something video game. Dance Dance Revolution? It's not TDR. It's something else. It's some other kind of dance, like let's dance or dance everybody or everybody dance now. I don't know what it is. That's awesome. Everybody dance now. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> and that's been helping her. Um, the other thing is... Um, uh, go, go have an orgasm, guys. Get down, get down in your business. Yeah, get, have somebody else do it or do it to yourself. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the content warnings on this one are going to be heavy. Like extreme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've gone through all of these things and now let's try to do an episode even though we don't want to do now this Now let's all. give people mental health advice. <laughs> Speaking of, of having problems that you are not able to solve... Let's talk about some problems that these... So sometimes um, a human being will come across a problem that they can solve. And then, and we want you to do that. We'll take you step by step on how to do that. Sometimes, such as in the case of like climate depression, other things, political depression, you cannot have a measurable immediate impact on those things. And that is very similar to the problems that our askers are having now. So we're going to talk to you about what to do when you are not the one who can solve the problem. All right. I recently started an online Dungeons and Dragons campaign with complete strangers. This was my first foray into this, so I was nervous, but everyone turned out to be really cool and respectful, except for one. See, I made the campaign because I'm Arrow slash Ace, and I was looking for other queer folks to join in a lighthearted campaign. When asking the others if they were okay with me using the term queer, because I find it more inclusive, one member went off on how the acronym is just L, G, B, and T and nothing else, and that asexual folks don't belong in the community, and they even threw intersex under the bus, too, saying it didn't belong. They are part of the LBGT plus community. I was really startled they were gatekeeping. This was the person whose character I was most excited about role-playing with, and it was crushing to see them just disregard my identity like that. I was panicking, so I just hastily jumped to another topic and took a break from messaging. Our DM, that means Dungeon Master, checked up on me and said if this person ever does that again, they'll be kicked. 
Since then, they haven't brought it up, but I still haven't talked to them about it. This was back in August 2018 or so, and I still think about it. It haunts me. I haven't received an apology, but I feel I'm owed one. Is this just my anxiety getting the best of me, or should I talk to them about this? How do I even go about that? I am so bad at confronting other people. Do you have any tips? Man, there's so much happening here. And I say that so much after questions, but like, honestly, the layers are intense because you've got a group of people who are inhabiting a fantasy world together. You've got a person who wants to explore their queer identity through um, fantasy, which is an amazing thing to do. You've got a person who is so entrenched in their own gatekeeping of their community that they can't see uh, eye to eye with people who who belong in there as well. There is so much. Yeah, and the first thing that came to mind when I read this was, you are owed an apology. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm glad that you know that you are owed an apology. You do not deserve this kind of treatment. Right, but you're not going to get an apology. Yeah, yeah, that sucks, doesn't it? I just don't think you're going to get the apology you deserve from this person. I don't think it's going to happen. And this person would have to do a lot of work on themselves, a lot of reflection, a lot of painful learning and unlearning. I think it's certainly possible this person will change, open their eyes, hopefully become better and more inclusive person. But I am doubtful it will happen. And I am doubtful that it will result in the apology you deserve. A hundred percent. I very much agree. So let's do a thing that I don't always recommend you do, but let's try and get into the brain of, and not necessarily empathize with, but try and understand the person who hurt you real quick. So the LGBTQA community, I would not say it is changing. I would say that it is, uh, it has steadily evolved since its inception. And I understand the monosexual gay white men, because I can only assume this is probably who who is gatekeeping you. The people who feel like, oh, I've been in here since the beginning. It's very similar, honestly, in, 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 a, in a very weird way and in an inexact way to um, like a nerd fanboy who is like, yeah, if you don't play pen and paper D&D, then you're not a real nerd or whatever. This can be very frustrating. What, something I, I've been talking about on Twitter a lot is the bats. Oh, yes. Explain, explain. So um, LGBTQA is a lot of letters. And I would say that the G's, the male gays, (laughs) don't always accept all of the letters. And the three letters that are particularly um, not included are bisexuals, ace arrow um, with a little, you know, asterisk because that's a huge community. And by B, I also mean pansexual as well. I'm using bisexual as an umbrella term for that. And trans with a little um, exclamation, uh, a little asterisk point. Those are, again, umbrella terms for a lot of different identities. So I I hope that you can interpret that as to being larger than just B-A-T. But bisexuals are still seen by monosexual people as being confused and not really queer and just and just experimenting. And ace people, I mean, people are not naturally spurred on to research and understand people who are different from them. And I would say that most old school gays and lesbians don't know that asexuality was qualified as a mental disorder by the DSM-5 until very recently. I mean, you would still hear people say things like, oh, they just need to get fucked good. Oh, you know, Christ. I know. And that's a horrible, a horrible thing to think about anybody. Trans people, well, that's not a sexual identity. That's just a, that's a gender thing. They don't belong here. I've heard it all. You know, we, you've heard it all, too. I can only assume. So people don't know this because human beings are generally too selfish to do this research. It would surprise me if within the course of this year, 
that this person has learned no new information about the Ace Aero community, specifically because they've been, with, you know, talking with you. It would surprise me if they have no new information at all. I would hope that, so with all of this background information, thinking about why they think this way, I would hope that if you wanted, if you really wanted to talk to them about that, if you wanted to sit down and say, hey, this is still bothering me. I know it was a year ago. And I want you to know how important it is for me to know that you feel that I belong here too. I want to tell you why. If you really want to do that, you can. But understand that this mentality is common. Yeah. I mean, you would be educating this person. Yeah. Do you think this person would allow you to educate them? Do you think that's possible? Right. I, I don't, don't know. know. I hope so. I hope I hope they are more open-minded than they were a year ago. I hope they are kinder and more generous than they were a year ago. But I don't know. Right. And so neither do you. The decision is, do I let this go because it is not my job to educate this person? I am not the one to solve this problem because I'm not the problem. They are the problem. That is a perfectly reasonable way to go. And in fact, the one I would tell you to do. Or you can say, you know what? This is my job and I deserve that apology. And I'm going to tell them why, why they are wrong because I don't think it will come up any other way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to come up from the other person. Yeah. We have no evidence in this question to think that this person is going to come back to you with a better viewpoint. Yes. Yeah. God, I agree. that sucks. I know that hurts. I know. And you said you're haunted by it. And I'm sorry. All the advice I want to give you is to make you less haunted by this. Right. Slightly less hurt. Because we're not telling you that you ever have to forgive this person. And here's something I've learned in therapy. Something I am learning in therapy that really sucks which is sometimes you have to accept an apology that you're never going to get. And again, not telling you you have to pretend this person apologized, not telling you you have to be forgiving or loving of this person. I want this person to unburden themselves a little bit. It won't eliminate the pain and it certainly won't erase the very shitty thing that was said to them. But I think the asker could do with hearing from some kind and generous people who love them. And this isn't really solvable, but I think you need to find a way to heal that doesn't include speaking with this person expecting apology. You certainly can talk to this person and tell them what they said was wrong, inaccurate, hurtful, and is haunting you. But I am worried that you were going to ask for an apology and just not going to get one. And we're not going to let you get hurt by this person again. I would say only go into the conversation with the person and ask for the apology once you are 100% okay with not getting one. Oh, my God. Yes. You can ask for apologies and friendships. Oh, yeah. You can say, that thing you said to me six months ago, I know it's been six months, but I lay awake at night thinking about it. Can we talk about it? I think I need an apology. In friendships. I don't think this person is a good friend they're to you. Yeah, they're not a friend. It's almost like they're... um. What's the analogy? Because like, you know, I, I they're a buddy, you know, you're, they're your trivia night friend. Yeah. You know, like um, they're the person who regularly sits next to you on the bus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're certainly not close. They don't deserve you. Yeah. They, and they, uh, they don't deserve to have this power over your feelings. And I feel like it may be that because you had this direct confrontation with them, that they've come to stand for all of the shitty people in the queer community who are not accepting you as part of it. Oh, because that happens to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. You know. Speaking of bats, you know, like, again, like bisexual people have similar but not the same problems as the ace arrow community and being recognized and accepted by the the LGBTQA community. Like, I've never been to a pride parade, mostly because I don't like parades. Yeah. Yeah. Pride, but, pride is pretty wild. Yeah. But also partially because, like, I, I feel like there are too many people who feel like I don't belong there. 
you yeah. know, and and like and that sucks. And I and I hate saying this because I don't want anybody to hear this and feel like they cannot participate in Pride or the LGBTQA community. You absolutely can, and you should, and you should make yourself loud. It's just for me, I have decided it's not worth it. You it's know, not worth your time or your energy. But as fellow bats, in my opinion. I think we all kind of need to stick up for one another. I have a, a quick side tale. Please, please. About bats flying together. Oh, I um, love it. So I was in, um, uh, God, I don't even remember it. I was in some kind of Facebook group about talking about how cute some guys were. It was like a bunch of... Um, I remember. I was in this group Oh, too. yeah. yeah. It was, it's a bunch of like thirst gay trap. men. Thirst trap. And, yeah. <laughs> thirst the thirst trap. Yep. And somebody, I don't know why, and I don't remember even who, somebody said something about like, oh, Ace Arrow don't belong in the LGBTQA community, which was in, like just really wild to me. Wow. I don't and, remember this. Yeah. yeah. And I, I ended up leaving the group because I was just like, I can't do this. But I spoke up. And I don't even know why it came up because, again, it was just a thirst trap about, like, dudes. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but you just bust out the facts. You know, the fact is Ace Arrow is considered a mental disorder by the DSM-5, which means that you were discriminated against, which means that straight, cis, uh, monosexual people were assuming that something was wrong with you for a very long time. That means that, that you are part of our marginalized group, like you belong here. And I changed a couple minds. And I did not change one mind. And I decided that, that that was it. That was good enough for me. And I left. Bats fly together, okay? So next time you see somebody being mean to the trans community or the bi community, as an A, you got to stick up for us too, okay? So I'm sharing this story. Let me, I'm so depressed I can't even fucking think I right. I love this story. It's sad, but it's hopeful. Thank you. I'm trying to, like, remember why I'm sharing it. Um, and... I think it's because, uh, one, you choose your battles. Right. Yes. You got you to gotta pick the right battles that involve, that make sure that you're okay too. Yes. And I also think that it's easier to fight for other people than it is to fight for yourself. You know, like if I see somebody being like, bisexuals are just lying and they're je- selfish and they want to kiss everyone and pansexual just sounds stupid. What's, I'm a sauce pansexual. That shit happens, you know. Then I, w- I would hope somebody would stand up for me then. I, I don't know how to solve this person. I don't know how to solve the queer community. But your problem is real. And that person is the problem, not you. And I hope that you can let go of receiving an apology from specifically this person because they're not the problem. The world is the problem. So let's talk about you and how you can move forward here. Like, have you considered counseling or talk therapy with the right therapist? Something to keep in mind. I don't see like any red flags that oh, make totally. me say like, go to therapy. But I want you to be so strong and like so like value yourself so much that this person falls by the wayside. Absolutely. Yeah. The goal is to accept yourself so much and so deeply that if somebody else doesn't accept you, you know internally they're wrong and they don't matter. Yes. Have you tried, even not even therapy, have you tried talking this through over a couple times with a trusted friend? I feel like you need to hear, certainly I would, and this is like what I go to Trin for, can you tell me that I'm right about this? Yes, oh, 100%. I need some powerful encouragement right now. I need to hear that like this person was in the wrong. Go to your support group, go to your crew and be like, I need to vent about this. This happened over a year ago, but guess what? It's still bothering me. So let's take stock of what we've determined. You are not the problem. This person is the problem. If you want an apology out of them, you could try and get one and sit them down and talk to them about it. There may be lots of information that they simply don't have and have no impetus to seek out because people are ultimately selfish. You could have that conversation, but it's not your fucking job. And 
I think that the real cap here is we want you to be in a place where you love and accept yourself so much that when somebody trashes on you, it doesn't matter because you know that they are wrong. So when we ask you to potentially seek out therapy, it's not because we think something is wrong with you. It's because we know that you're great and we would like you to think that too. We know you're right. You got facts on your side, motherfucker. Like literal actual science. That's the thing is that like like people, why do people not know that other smarter people science people have been thinking about this shit for way longer than them. I think that about almost everything. Right. I always think, I know science is the answer to this. Right. <laughs> anyway, how, how do you think we did? I think we did okay. There's no way to fully solve this because it's unsolvable. But it we is. But we want the asker to feel supported and loved and know that they are right. And that they're not the problem. Exactly. And another thing that I was rereading the question quickly was, you said, I was panicking, so I just hastily jumped to another topic and took a break from messaging little sidebar. I want you to not feel bad for that. Oh, yeah. I am worried that you feel guilty for not saying something in the moment. As Trin says, it is not your job to be completely like the hero here. You already are the protagonist. You are correct. You are the hero. Like you, you someone hurt you and it's not your, like there's no wrong way for you to react here. Yes. I want you to know that because you didn't immediately take action that you didn't do anything wrong. So don't feel guilty. I agree. Yeah, sometimes I look back and I'm like, I should have told that person off. It's kind of my fault for not No, it's not. It's, it's not. not your fault. You actually did the exact right things. And what you did was you recognized what you needed in the moment. And the, what you needed in the moment was to disengage. Yes. Yes, exactly. Good job. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. You're doing awesome and you're going to do amazing. And regardless of whether or not you want to talk this out with this person, you are right. And so yeah. just go into that conversation knowing you are correct. If you have to say it to yourself all day long to help you heal do it. I yeah. was right about that. I'm right about that. Start off the conversation with like, hey, we had a disagreement like about a year ago that I was 100% in the right about. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I just wanted you to know that. Yeah, and yeah. then just stop the conversation. Just move on and do something else. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a. It wasn't an argument because arguments imply that there are two sides at least and there's only one side and it's the side I'm on and I was correct. Jen, yes. I've said that to men before. <laughs> <laughs> they should, uh, this person should Venmo the asker $60. <laughs> Jen has this running gag on Twitter somehow about Venmoing her $60. I don't know why. I just think it's funny to ask for specifically $60. My first thought was like, that's about as much as a quarter ounce of weed costs. So. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, that. And I was thinking like a really nice dinner for one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With maybe a, a little dessert. Yeah. Depending and, on and the wine. Place. Yeah, 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 exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Jen, you're great. That's some good math right there. <laughs> Question two. I've been doing some mental gymnastics recently regarding a longtime friend of mine who is a she-her. We've known each other since we were both in middle school. And if you are not somebody who does middle school, middle school is typically fourth, fifth, sixth grade. It is the worst time of anyone's life. It's terrible. She is my younger sister's age, but also a close friend of mine as a result. She's someone I grew up with. I moved away from our hometown about three years ago to go to school. My sister moved later. So naturally, we've communicated and spent time together less than we would if we were living a couple of streets away from each other. I love this friend, but I don't always love the way that she takes ownership over friendships. She's very worried about being replaced by the people my sister and I meet in our new homes and even expresses jealousy when my sister and I spend time together, just the two of us. I've tried reassuring this friend countless times that I don't have a finite number of friend slots. I mean, I do, but... Uh, <laughs> And that she'll be very special to me. 
it seems like she doesn't believe that and thinks that the relationships I've built here are with malicious intent against her. And maybe that's just how I'm perceiving it. Over the last few months, I've become concerned about her. She came to stay in my apartment and explore the city with me for a few days and confided in me about some negative feelings that she has been having frequently. She's not in any danger, but her life is stressful, and I'm seeing signs of depression and anxiety in her that I've noticed in myself. I have gently suggested therapy, but she has issues with money and insurance. I've watched her burst out into tears and experience overwhelming anxiety, and it hurts my heart to see a friend having a hard time. She frequently posts ramblings about her mental health and life struggles on her Finsta, fake Instagram, and I occasionally try to send a little Instagram love by leaving a supportive comment. But the last time I did this, she said, wish you talked to me more, sad face. She doesn't text me, and frankly, I'm busy enough with school, work, and my partner to have her on my mind all the time. It sounds shitty to say, but she isn't my first priority. I can't devote a ton of time every week to let her unload on me. I don't know what to do. I don't have the energy or time to constantly check in on this friend, nor do I have the mental space to only talk to her when she needs to vent about her heavy stuff. I see a therapist and I'm on medication myself, and I'm learning how to give myself space when I need it, but I still feel selfish. Can I set a boundary with this friend without it being detrimental? How do I help someone across state lines? How do I stop feeling like a shitty friend when my finite energy is currently being allocated elsewhere? Wow. Yikes, Aroni. I would like to say real quick, this asker, that was a very well set up question. Yeah, very. You covered yeah. all of the topics, a few $10 verbs in there. Yeah. You did great. You asked some great questions. College can I, educated. Can I set a boundary? How do I stop feeling like a shitty friend? What might finite energy is being currently being allocated. Oh, ooh, very ooh. good. Ooh, it's spicy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, but like, so here's the thing, though. I, I feel like this person is just on the brink of, of a uh, actualization, an actualization, realization, realization which is you can't solve this. You can't fucking solve this. You say finite over and over again. Yeah. You say limited energy. You list all the reasons why you can't do this. You explain that she's across state lines. She's not accepting the help that you're already giving her. And the issue is you feel so responsible. You feel like you're the one who has to do this. And that fucking sucks. But again, you've listed all the reasons why you can't. This is definitely a case where the answer is in the email. Yeah. You wrote us the answer. The answer is here. I feel like maybe you need permission from other people to understand that you're not responsible for this. Like we're telling you you're not responsible for this person. And I wonder if the this person particularly feels like you're beholden to each other because you've known each other for so long. Old friendships, especially old friendships that like border on family closeness, people kind of put things on autopilot a little bit. Like, well, of course you'll forgive me. We've known each other since we were two. We used to take we used to take baths together. No, like you, people are people. People change. You still have to be a friend to someone else, even right. though you've known each other forever. Like you still, you still got to be, you can't be passive in the friendship anymore. It's interesting to me because we've talked so much today about problems that are unsolvable that you can chip away at, but ultimately you have to alleviate yourself of the guilt of not taking full responsibility for the problem. So let's talk about climate change depression. (laughs) This is a lot like my climate change depression, okay? I cannot stop the polar ice caps from melting. I can compost with worms. I can take public transit. I can do the little things that make me personally feel like I'm doing okay. 
that is all you can do, buddy. Okay. Your friend's depression, are the, it's, the, it's the polar ice caps. You can't solve it. You can leave a nice comment on the Finsta and then let go of the sad thing that she says in response because she's, I mean, Jen, when we were talking about this, you were like, she probably doesn't even remember. Oh yeah. I was just thinking back on what my partner and I refer to now as the Great Depression oh. <laughs> because it was it was really bad. Uh, I was like 1920, not 1920. I was 19 or 20. <laughs> it was the 1920s. I am still 14 years old. <laughs> um, and I, it's like, it was like being drunk all the time or being like, I don't know. I just, I just said things that I either meant in the moment or didn't remember. Or it was just like, it was just a fog. It was like life, it was like looking at life underwater. Man, nothing, I feel you. Yeah, nothing made sense. I, uh, the moment, I, I can't remember if I talked about this in the show before. I've definitely told you this. The moment I knew something was seriously wrong was I went to order uh, coffee at like the campus Starbucks and the barista got my order wrong and I snapped at her. Oh, And I, I never, I'm so goddamn polite. You to, really are. To uh, people that work in the service industry. I tip 20, 25% always. Like I, I really, even when I can't really afford it, like I always, I know one thing about myself and that I am not impolite to people that work in the service industry. You were not acting like Jen. I was like, and I walked away and I was like, oh my God, who was that? Was that, that was me. Oh my God, I did that. So your friend is in the thick of it. Yeah. And I got to tell you, no one could have, no one person could have drawn me out of that. Especially not someone that didn't live near me. It sounds like she has so much happening. That poor thing. Like, okay, so let's talk about some things that maybe you can do. Yes, the the stuff that's in your lane. Right. So we've established, I think, pretty solidly, like, this is not something you can solve. This is not your responsibility. It is not a problem that you started. That's another thing. I hope you don't feel guilty like you have abandoned her by moving on from your hometown or something like that. That is 100% not your beef. Okay, so... Actually, before we talk about what we can do, let's talk about why you cannot and should not attempt to extend yourself further. That's a good idea. the harm that can be done. Harm, totally. Like this person is in the thick of depression and you are not a professional. So literally, I think it would be unsafe for you to dive in and pretend to be a therapist from far away. Right. She's got a problem with the like electrical grid in her home and you've got, oh, you're like, I own some pliers. Like, no. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh, you're the queen of metaphors. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, um, here, I think what it is, is that pity isn't help. And it's in, I'm not trying to like trash on you to be like, oh, you just pity her. Pity is a natural feeling. I pity both of you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have sympathy and empathy and pity for this situation. You know, like you see her and you're like, oh, God, this sucks so much. But pity isn't friendship. And you're sympathetic to her problems and you genuinely want her to feel better. That's still not deep, close friendship. So she came over to visit you and she stayed in your apartment for a few days and cried the entire time. And that's sometimes things that you need to do with your friends. That's life. That is life. But that was not a reciprocal friendship. You never mentioned how much you like this person or how much fun she is or she's good hearted. It seems like the only thing that's keeping you together is the fact that you were tight in middle school and your families know each other. And I understand that long term friendships like this, childhood friendships, cannot be easily replaced if they can ever be replaced. But I don't think that what's tying you together is strong enough for you to help her through this. For you to turn your life upside down. For her. Yeah. You also said she's my younger sister's age. So you probably feel some sisterly sibling need to help. Yes. 
which, which is a lovely instinct. Where, where would we be without our friends to reach out and help us? But there's only so much you can do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so what, what can we do? So again, like the first asker, a large bulk of this, pro- this work is going to be internal, internal to you. It's time to accept this is something you can't fix. I feel like you are close to that realization as well because you have suggested therapy. This sounds shitty and it is. You know, um, it's, uh, it sucks to say like, this is going to be a problem and you will feel sad about it and you can't fix it. Wow. Wow. What a terrible thing. Ouch. But man, is that so often the case for other people's problems and problems you didn't start? We're not saying that we think you need to peace out and be like, good luck, LOL. Yeah, don't do that. No, you don't, you don't need to do that. We definitely think it's still a good idea to check in on this friend and do the things that are within your capabilities, like leaving those Instagram comments. But we want you to get to a point where when she responds with sad things like wish you talked to me more, sad face, that you internalize and understand that that's her shitty brain goblin talking that she can't control right now. And it's not your problem to solve. Yeah, it's the monster. It's depression monster talking. You can't let that guilt you into doing something that's outside of your capabilities. You can text her to check in and you can make it short and sweet. Like, hey, I was just thinking of you. Hope you're doing well. Love you. Like, you don't have to be like, how are you today? Let's get into it. Unless you and don't don't offer things that you can't actually give. And you have mutual friends. At the very least, you've got your sister. Maybe encouraging your sister to talk to this friend more, yeah, calling in more yeah. cavalry. Yeah, what's your sister up to here? Yeah, yeah. You, I kind of feel like you need a united front on this one. She's not busy. <laughs> Give her some work. Yeah. And I don't think that the therapy option is completely off the table, although I understand that money and time and insurance are all issues. Because and we, I know we say this, but it's also, and we know that when we say this, this is still difficult to find. But group therapy, sliding scale therapy, Again, very difficult to find, but if you wanted to give something to her, maybe doing the research on finding those things in her area, that would be so fucking helpful. I know, I know. It is so hard to do the work when you're depressed. And that's when you need to do it the most, which fucking sucks. You could, you know, Google her zip code, the counseling therapy in her area, send her some links. You could do that. I mean, um, ask her, ask her first. Ask and, her permission. Yeah, like, be like, hey, here's something I can provide. Yeah, this is something I can do. Do I have your permission to do this? Yeah, I, don't just send her an email yeah. with links. <laughs> Subject line, therapy. Subject line, you broken. <laughs> and we know this might not be an affordable option. We oh, know. yeah. We got yeah, that. Yeah, we know. It's just what we always say is in the budgeting that you have to do in your life, we, we rarely recommend therapy being the thing that you cut out. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, it sucks. It sucks to even have to say that. Yeah, and we also know that sometimes it is the thing you have to cut out. Yep. We hate that therapy is behind a paywall. It sucks. That That is so unfair. Like, of all the things that we should subsidize, I feel like corn should be subsidized less and mental health should be subsidized a lot more. <laughs> you know, like weapons should be subsidized less. Slightly <laughs> less, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Corn, mm, AK, uh, whatever 57s, number. I don't know. <laughs> maybe mental corn. health. Oh, God. Ultimately, you are attempting to solve a problem across state lines with a person you are not really close with. Like, like I feel like you are close with her the way you are close with, like, a cousin. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, like, you're not—you are not overwhelmingly emotionally invested in this person, you know? Like, if your partner had this, these problems, you'd be like, fuck, I'm putting everything on hold and I'm doing this thing. Yeah. That's okay. So, wow, you know what? I just realized something. 
So the friend keeps on being like, oh, I'm going to be replaced, blah, blah, blah. She is replaced. Yeah, you you don't, you are. And like. People grow and change. And I, um, and this is not something you should ever say to her, <laughs> you know, um, but I hope that you do not feel guilty from her insecurity, her very well-founded insecurity, because it is a good idea to get more friends and to have uh, your dance card get fuller and fuller with different people over time. We're not saying you shouldn't be super tight with your friends with from middle school. You absolutely should. But this is a person who's now several towns away. This is a person who you are not connecting with on a deep level all the time. It is okay to, to not feel guilty about having replaced her, quote unquote, on some level. Yeah, you, okay. you have, and it is okay. What's the alternative here that you never focus on new friends, right. that you never have new hangouts, that you always text your old friends from middle school? If that's the alternative, that doesn't make any sense. Her shitty brain goblin has gotten into your head. Oh my God, it's contagious. It is. I, I think that... Uh, I think, oh, no, let's let's re, let's re recalibrate real quick because I think that we struck on something important. Yeah. That uh, her, that the friend's brain goblin is saying like, oh, you're replacing me. Oh, like I wish you talked to me more, blah, blah, blah. Like those things might be true. And, and you can't be punished for them. You cannot be punished for those very normal things. <laughs> I think, again, it might be the family, friend, closeness thing that's allowing her to feel like she can get away with saying things like this. But, it, but that doesn't make them not shitty. It, it also makes, they're also true. And that is also okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to in conclusion this simply because we've spent too much time talking and we're going to be kicked out of the studio very soon. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. In conclusion, it is okay to not be the person who solves her problems. It is okay to have close relationships and friendships, even though it seems like there's something in the back of your mind that's like, oh, she doesn't want to be replaced and now I need to feel guilty. No, that's, that's, not, that's not you. She will feel shitty and you will feel shitty that she feels shitty, but you can't solve it. You can't solve it. Is there any way to respond when she says, you've replaced me with like, don't be silly. Or like, is there, because like, that's such an absurd thing to say. Well, you know, I, I don't think that there's a good way to respond to it because it is such an absurd statement. You're right. Yeah, it's like you can't, you don't want to give more weight to it. Right. I, th I think responding with a real fact, something like, oh, you've replaced me to be like, I love you and you have a very special place in my heart and I don't have any other friends from middle school and that's not something I, I can ever rebuild without you. Facts. This is just a fact. Fact. And you're not saying something like, oh, I should spend more time with you. You're right. You are saying the truth, which is this is a special, important relationship to you, but it has its own place. Yeah. We have been friends for 13 years or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't have any other friendship with someone like that. Yeah. I mean, like, it depends on, on what your tone is. But, like, if my, like, old ass friend from middle school said something like that, I'd be like, Are you dumb idiot. Like, no. Yeah. What? I'm, yeah, I know. I'm trying to imagine, like, taking something like that. Like, heart. How, like, if Andy came up to me and was like, you're replacing me, I would just be like, how? <laughs> what? Who? What? Who? With, what? Who? With what? What trajectory of, what friendship trajectory has even come close to what we are? <laughs> yeah. Like, you big, weird goober. Yeah. Anyway. If someone said that to me right now, I'd be like, yeah, I'm replacing you with The Sims. I'm <laughs> playing a lot of video games lately. <laughs> if we haven't been talking lately, it's because I haven't talked to yeah. anybody yeah. but The Sims. And depression. Depression I'm, is my number one right now. Yeah, We're hanging out a lot. Depression is my rock. <laughs> so reliable. Always comes back. <laughs> I mean, who has been a better 
terrible friend to you than depression. I know. Who has has not given up on me? Give it up for depression. Props. Thank you for being here for us. We have to stop talking to you guys. Uh, This has been Friendshipping with Jen and Trin. Uh, If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at DoFriendship. If you'd like to go to our store, you can at thefriendshippingstore.com. Uh, oh, if you want to send us a question, do it. Um, we've got, we've got a, like a, black, a backlog of some nice questions, but send us more. Friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing this garbage. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Um, we have one more. Oh, thank you to Alex Cox for making the studio all good. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Not really. Not this time. Not this time. <laughs> Friendship at the problem. I think maybe keep it. Maybe That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase dinner for one and quarter ounce of wheat. It's like so <laughs> perfect. It's exactly what every girl wants. Yeah.